right. Hey, uh, welcome to the program. Happy Monday. Pete Callender here. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. That's right. All right. Yes. <laughs> Hope you had a great weekend. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Phone numbers, as always, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. I just saw this come across the uh, the Twitter machine. Jeff Bezos will sell the Washington Post to buy commanders, according to sources who cite investors. This is according to a, a tweet by the New York Post. I think this is a fantastic opportunity to rename that football team they were the redskins and then they went by the washington football club or football team or whatever it was went by and i guess yeah football team because teams are football and football clubs are soccer i think that's how that works so they called uh they they renamed themselves to the commanders it's a terrible name almost as bad as the cleveland guardians which they stole from a roller derby team anyway commanders like literally a like a female roller derby, although I don't know if you can say female roller derby anymore, but it was like a roller derby team in Cleveland called the Cleveland Guardians. Anyway, the Commanders is a terrible, terrible, terrible name. And they just had that big mascot reveal with the war pig. Now that is on brand for Washington. For a team from Washington, D.C., the war pigs... Totally makes sense. Just call themselves the War Pigs. I, I doubt that'll happen. I doubt they'll actually call themselves that. But um, I'm thinking this is an opportunity to rename the team something like the uh, Washington Amazonians. I mean, it's Bezos. I don't know why he has to sell the Washington Post either. Apparently, somebody was quoted, uh, or yeah, somebody, one of these anonymous people told the. Uh, told the paper that uh, after somebody left the post, his, it just, his heart wasn't in it in the same way or something, whatever. So he, he's looking to, looking to sell the Washington Post so he can buy the commanders, which I thought he had enough money to do that. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of like government regulation. You can't own a newspaper and a sports team in the same market. Who knows? Um, ooh, how about... The Washington Smiles. As long as as long as you're picking terrible names for that Washington football team, the Smiles. That's what they call their packages. Did you know that? Amazon, they call them Smiles because they have the smile on the box. Yeah. All right, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, want to give a special shout-out to all of the media over the weekend that gave us the fantastic description of the killer at large after the shooting in uh, California, right? The gunman who walked into the Los Angeles area ballroom dance club. And apparently they've got two of them in Monterey, which Monterey Park, California. I like that was surprising. I'm not even aware I mean, do we even have a ballroom dance club in Charlotte? I'm not aware of one. I mean, maybe there is. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm not plugged into the ballroom dance circuit uh, locally or internationally or otherwise. So I, I don't know. But it seems to me that they have apparently like two ballrooms, ballroom dance clubs in Monterey Park, California. Just, it seems pretty high. Um, 
So this guy goes in, murders 10 people, shoots them dead, injures another, what, almost dozen. He then goes to a second location, the second ballroom, and tries to uh, engage in similar mayhem and murder. And he is disarmed by a guy that's there, takes the gun from him. The guy then flees, the gunman flees the scene. And no, I'm not going to identify him by his name, although I could have some fun with that. Um, He's a 72-year-old guy. And that right there is more information than we got when they told everybody that he's on the loose and be on the lookout for a man. Highly offensive. I know. Right. How do you know? How do you know that was a guy? Why are you telling me to be on the lookout for a guy? Don't we need to know his pronouns first? Has anybody asked him? No, they put out a, uh, yeah, they put out this APB, this call, put it out through the media, through their their, uh, social media accounts and all this. And they're like, we're looking for a man. This is how stupid we have become. Media and police and our culture at large, I guess. But I noticed this a couple years ago. It started where they don't want to identify the race or ethnicity of a suspect. And somewhere along the line, the brilliant uh, management at, at news operations decided that that meant all suspects in any circumstance, which is which is absurd. It's absurd. Do you need to identify somebody who's a suspect that is in custody? Do you need to identify their race? No, you don't. You don't. And media used to do that. Media would say they've arrested a white man, a black man. Right. They, they would say that there's no need to do that because you have the guy's mugshot and you've got a name. They've arrested this person. If you want to show the mugshot, TV News likes to do that. Obviously, you are free to do so. It's public information. You have the mugshot. So you don't need to identify the person's race when they are arrested as a suspect, when they are arrested and charged. You have the name. Just give the name. However. When someone is on the loose, when someone is running around murdering people, it is really, really important to tell us what his race or ethnicity is, as well as his height, his hair color, his weight, his ethnicity, like as much information as possible. You need to provide as much info as possible. We're trying to stop a murderer. And media, you guys, you have to be better at this. If you're searching for somebody who is a threat to others, give us all the information. We need all of it. It's not racist. It's not racist. So this started a while ago. People were pointing this out yesterday. I noticed it immediately. It was the the news reports. They're They're looking for a man. Good job. Good job. Great description. They're looking for a man. He may or may not have had a vehicle. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. Had a vehicle. Can't tell you anything about the vehicle. So the Los Angeles County Sheriff, Robert Luna, said there was nobody else at large after they they found the guy and uh, they closed in on his location. He was in a van, which he used to flee after the second attempted uh, shooting. And uh, when they got there, uh, they found he had already killed himself. 
He did not have the exact ages of the victims, but said they all appeared to be over the age of 50. The shooter was 72. Seven of the wounded people remained in the hospital. The sheriff added that you're going to want to. Yeah. Listen to this. The sheriff added that the suspect was carrying a magazine fed semi-automatic assault pistol. An assault pistol. (laughs) So a magazine fed. So in other words, a pistol and a semi-automatic. So in other words, a pistol and an assault pistol. So in other words, a pistol. And that was recovered at the van uh, or at the scene where the van was. So apparently the assault rifle has now uh, has now broken containment. It is now infecting pistols, just in case you were keeping track. I did not see that one coming, by the way. I did not see that one coming. Uh, the sheriff added that the suspect was carrying this uh, uh, in the van. He said at a news conference, uh, standing beside uh, Congresswoman Judy Chu, she said she still has questions. Quote, what was the motive? Did he have mental illness? Was he a domestic violence abuser? What? Wait, what? How, wait, where did that come from? He's 72 years old. Was he a domestic violence abuser? How did he get these guns, and was it through legal means or not? I don't know. California's got the strictest gun laws in the country. Not sure how it even could have transpired. Maybe they didn't have a sign saying it was a gun-free zone. That's possible. I haven't checked. Talk 1110-993-WBT on the uh, the name of the Washington, D.C. football team. Instead of the Washington War Pigs, how about the Washington Pork Barrels? Pig, pork, or whatever. Yeah, it, like you already are used, because they call themselves the Hogs. Why not just call themselves the War Hogs, or the Hogs, or the Feral Hogs, or something? Like, they already had... They already had an obvious thing. Maybe somebody's already got the name. The DC Hogs or something. I don't know. Ooh, how about the Porkers? The Washington Porkers. Yeah, you got a lot of you got a lot of options there. If Jeff Bezos buys this team, then yeah, I'm I'm hoping for a name change. Before because the commanders, I don't even know it. Does anybody even really refer to them as that? Just a silly name. Anyway, um, right, so the, uh, over the weekend, we saw this terrible shooting in uh, California in uh, Monterey Park. Uh, and they put out the initial report that the gunman was on the loose and they were looking for him and they were asking for assistance. And so the media goes out there and starts promoting that they are looking for a man. Description? No. It's just a man. We're on the lookout for a man. Okay, so what? Half the population. That's some bang-up work right there. Now, I track this back. Going, This goes years. Uh, this has been years in the, in the making. This refusal to identify suspects' race in all circumstances. And I, I recall it being tied to criticism that particularly TV news got over its suspect descriptions of predominantly uh, African-Americans on the evening news 
and they would put out these descriptions of people who were arrested for things, and they would cite their race, and it, that's not necessary. And so they got they got criticized for it. And there are you know activists and and such and and politicians who don't like to see these types of stories done, even though it's I mean this is your TV news bread and butter, right? If it bleeds, it leads. What does that mean? It's crime, right? Crime stories. If it's sex, it's next. But if it's if it bleeds, it leads. That's the, right? people don't tune in initially to watch the sports cast. That's why they stick them at the end, right? So they start down this path of not identifying race and ethnicity of the suspects. And when someone's arrested, as I said, that's fine. That's appropriate. You should not be doing uh, those types of descriptions. Once somebody's been taken into custody, you have the name, you may have the photo. But here's the other thing it does. By not giving out any uh, information once, uh, or when you're looking for somebody, you're jeopardizing people's lives, but also once you are now masking this data on the back end, it gives people a false idea, a a faulty perception, misperception of, of the crimes that are actually occurring. And you could say that the other way too, by only focusing on, you know, murders and and rapes and robberies and and these the most heinous of the crimes that you're also giving people a misperception of the reality. But this is part of the problem, right? The the problem is the misperception of the commission of crime, who's responsible, who are victims, that sort of thing. And I did get a message here. Hang on a second. Let me pull this. See where? Yeah, it was on. Uh, it was on the Twitter machine from Jeff, who says. Uh, if they only give a generic description, then you do at least know that the perpetrator or suspect is not white because they're definitely not afraid to say white man. Right? <laughs> so I, this this part is true as well. This has now become sort of the, the the code that we all recognize. Right. That when that when a suspect is white, then you call him a white man, usually. Right. Not white woman, but a white man. You call him a white guy. But if, he, if the suspect description does not include race, then that's a pretty good sign, as Jeff says, that the person is not white. And in this case, in this particular murder spree that this 72-year-old went on in Monterey Park, California, he targeted his own people. He was Asian. And he targeted Asians, which, by the way, also is another... Uh, point in the crime uh, catalog here, which is that most of these types of violent crimes, most murders occur um, intra-racially. Black on black, white on white, Asian on Asian, Hispanic on Hispanic. And it's usually, if you're going to get killed, it's usually by somebody you know. Right? These are the, these are truisms in, in criminal uh, reporting. So we don't see the the suspect description. We don't hear anything. But we know that the cops obviously had to have known that they were looking for a 72-year-old guy. They had had video immediately, right? There was like this this moment where everybody was kind of like holding out, it seemed. They were, everybody was was hoping that it was always going to be somebody of a particular race, probably white, that they could then, that they could then make political points off of. By the way, it is the Chinese New Year. That that's what they everybody was celebrating. Chinese New Year. 
Lunar New Year. I started seeing this in the in the reports. It was Lunar New Year. When do you use which one? Well, Lunar New Year is more inclusive of other countries besides China, <laughs> right? So there are other Southeast Asian countries that celebrate. So, oh, I, I did not know that. I think these people were, I mean, they call it Chinatown, where this uh, is a heavy Asian population there. A lot of Chinese uh, first generation or migrants that are or immigrants that are there. Um, but I guess is the Chinese New Year, is that also now offensive? Is that as offensive as identifying the race of the murder suspect? Anyway, the Lunar New Year is a public holiday. It's observed across multiple days in China, as well as North and South Korea, Malaysia, the Philippines, Indonesia, Singapore, Brunei, and Vietnam. This is the year of the rabbit, by the way, except in Vietnam. They have a different story. They got a bit of a different story there. Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Hello, Ralph. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Pete. Hey, you know, I want to go back to the Kenny Stabler days when he was nicknamed the Snake, but let, let's call them the Washington Swamp Monsters. I like it. I like it. The Washington Swamp Monsters, or the Swampies, or the Swampers, you can call them. Yeah, you could come up with all sorts. I mean, you could have people dressed in ghillie suits and stuff out there in the stands. Oh, yeah, lots of opportunity. They, they could have, you know, a good uh, mascot, too. I mean, you know, I mean, and could you imagine some artistic person come up with a design on their helmet, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, fire-breathing, red-eyed, you know, anyway. Yeah, but, like uh, a chupacabra or something, or uh, or like Sigmund the Sea Monster. A, a one side note that you had a topic on last week and everything. You know how people have a kind of name associations with the type of job they have? They have name associations with... You the... know, like uh, in certain fields, their names go with the job or title, you know, or the industry that they're in. Did you know Janet Yelling was a descendant of Ch- Chicken Little? I did not know that. Because she's all, you know, she was yelling about the sky's going to fall. Oh, about my goodness. Yes. Yeah, I'll give it to you, Ralph. Went, we went the distance there, but uh, I'll give it to you. Thank you, Ralph. I appreciate the call. Yeah, he went deep on that. Uh, Yellen. Janet Yellen. Treasury Secretary now? Fed Chief, right? I always, I forget what. Anyway. Um, according to the lunar calendar, this year is the year of the rabbit. There are 12 Zodiac animals, as anybody who has ever eaten at a Chinese restaurant and read the menu, if they have the menu, or the placemat, rather, uh, and, and, you know, tells you what year. Uh, and they rotate. It goes, starts at the top, and it runs through them all. So you've got uh, the 12 different animals. The order of the rotation is based on the tale, or the story, of a great race of animals. It was staged by the Jade Emperor, a revered god in Chinese mythology. And according to the legend, the animals crossed a rapidly flowing river to get to the finish line. And the order that they finished, that that, that made them uh, put their position 
in the zodiac arrangement, which is then the calendar and the year of the whatever, the year of the whatever. So right now we are the year of the rabbit. Last year was the year of the tiger. Okay, so here's the finish, the the, the finishing order. Okay, remember, you got a rapidly flowing river, and they had to cross to the other side, and whoever crosses, whoever got there first, they that that's who wins. So I'm gonna all right, I'll just say it. A rat. The rat finished first. I got questions. I have questions. I've not read the story, but I automatically have questions. The rat beat out a tiger? It beat out a a rabbit? It beat out a snake? It beat out the ox, which I can kind of see. Because oxes are big, but I think they probably would move very slowly through the water. So it was rat. This is their finishing order. Rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon. All right, I'm out. I'm out. A dragon is in this race and it can't dragons can fly. Why would it why would this even be an issue? It would just and they're huge. They just just take a step over the river. How big is this river? I mean, if it's like a really 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 wide river, how is a rat getting across or better yet, how does an ox get across it faster than a dragon? Then there's the snake. Snakes move really fast in water. Did you know that? Especially if it's that running snake. Have you seen that terrifying thing? Yeah. Yeah, like it it like it kind of bows up and it almost like runs across the maybe it's a salamander. Anyway, um horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. You're telling me a goat beat a dog. How is that possible? Anyway, this year represents the year of the rabbit. So if you were born in, uh, so basically it's every 12 years. So 1975, you were born under the sign of the rabbit. And then, you know, 87 is 12 years and you back it up by 12 years and you can find out. Um, And so then they ascribe personality traits, much like with the, you know, Pisces, Sagittarius and all that stuff. Um, so they assign, uh, for the rabbit, uh, generally thought to be gentle, quick witted and easygoing, though they also are said to be hesitant and timid traditional practices like Feng Shui, the, uh, Chinese philosophy of managing the flow of energy in the home. These things are also often aligned with the Zodiac year as well. Time magazine says the Zodiac animals are a little bit different in Vietnam, the ox is uh, replaced with the water buffalo, the water buffalo, which apparently also has a problem crossing the river. That's weird. As a water buffalo, you would, uh, whatever. And there is no rabbit. There's no rabbit in the Vietnamese version of the great race. The rabbit is replaced with the cat. So in Vietnam, you're celebrating the year of the cat. Based on the original story, the cat is not part of the Chinese Zodiac because the rat had failed to inform the cat about the race after promising to do so, which is totally on brand for the rat. Totally on brand. No one is sure how the cat appeared in Vietnam's Zodiac, but 
there is speculation that ancient local words for rabbit and cat sounded similar. Now, they do the Lunar uh, New Year, all these uh, days of festivities, and um, all throughout Southeast Asia, multiple countries, but uh, except Japan. Japan, as a society, broadly does not celebrate the Lunar New Year, according to Time Magazine, but that wasn't always the case. Shortly around, um, or shortly after the uh, Meiji, I think, I don't know, Restoration uh, of 1868, which signaled a major political transformation in Japan. The country adopted the 365-day January to December Gregorian calendar, placing the civil and cultural Japanese New Year on January 1st. So Japan adopted the the Gregorian calendar uh, right around the time of our uh, Civil War, right? Roughly. Um also in a related story, I don't know. Do they make New Year's resolutions? I mean, they do a lot of stuff for lucky. There's a, oh, there was a, hang on a second. Part of this is that uh, old people, some of the traditions in uh, in Asia for the, for the Lunar New Year is that old people give young people money. Old people give young, yeah. I don't know. They give them little red envelopes and it has like some money in it. Right. I mean, yeah. In America, we just do it until they turn like 26 and get off their parents' insurance. That's similar tradition. Um, there was a poll that came out. I don't know if they do resolutions, New Year's resolutions for their Lunar New Year's or something, but um, this was surprising. I thought way more people made uh, New Year's resolutions than apparently do. It's like only 40%, 39% say they made New Year's resolutions, according to some poll by uh, Golden TIPP poll. Golden slash tip poll. Interesting. Uh, just an interesting combination of... Okay. Uh, the young are far less inclined to make uh, New Year's resolutions. Uh, those who have made them, based on age brackets, 81% of people over the age of 65. That's who's really doing the heavy lifting on the resolution making. 65-year-old and older people. 81%. Next... Uh, cohort of the uh, like 20 years younger, so ages 45 to 64, that's about three quarters. And then you get down below half when you get into the 25 to 44-year-olds, and then you're at a third when you're in the 18 to 24-year-olds. I thought this was also interesting. Uh, you could choose as many of these options as you wanted. What was your resolution based on, right? And you could pick. They give you a whole bunch of different options, and people could choose a couple. So, for example, uh, you know, self-improvement, health lifestyle changes, like all of those things can kind of have some overlap right there. But the number one was self-improvement, 60%, then health, lifestyle changes, personal finance, weight loss, personal relationships, time management at 23%, pick time management, and then at 12%, finishing last, aside from other, finishing last, reducing carbon footprint. (laughs) That's 12% of the people polled said that's something that they were going to do. Right. And I'm, yeah. So don't travel to Davos for the world economic forum. Uh, that's a good first step right there. If that's what you're trying to do, don't travel to Davos to then lecture everybody on how to reduce your carbon footprint. You're welcome.
right, a couple of emails here from John. Pete, I have been saying this for a couple of years. Jeff Bezos will buy the Washington football team and change their name to the Amazons. I think that would be hilarious. If he tries to change the name to the Amazons, does he get pushback for cultural appropriation? Right? How come he hasn't gotten any pushback? Why is it called Amazon? Isn't that like continental appropriation or something? I don't know. Um, Let's see here. Yes, Brett says the Washington Hogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like the obvious one. Those The fans basically made that team name with their dressing up as as hogs, right? As pigs, and they put the noses and all that. I've never understood that connection, but I never cared to because I was a I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan, <laughs> so it was just something to mock uh, the team over. Um. Whenever uh, Joseph says, Pete, whenever there is a shooting, you can use the Coulter rule as put forth by Ann Coulter herself, which states the longer it takes for the media to report the race of the suspect, the less likely they are to be white. (laughs) Yeah, that seems accurate. Um, Yeah, that does seem accurate. Um, Let me see. I am going to get to I'm not going to do it right now, though. But I am going to get to, people asked me over the weekend, Pete, what is your take on the um, this fight between Steven Crowder and the Daily Wire? The, are you aware of this? Did you hear what happened over the, over the weekend? I mean, it started developing, I think, Friday, or it kind of blew up over the week. Uh, but I became aware of it, I want to say, Friday after the program. And um, I have some thoughts on it. Uh, I've watched a lot of videos on it so over the weekend, so you you won't have to. Uh, but we'll we'll get into that. Um, we also have uh, I've got a big write up on the uh, Alex Murdaugh trial it's getting underway today. Um, really good write up at the state newspaper, but also um, a really disturbing story out of Murphy, out of Cherokee County, Western North Carolina. And but for a home video recording, a guy who got shot by police would be in a much different situation than he is right now. So I'll give you some of the details on that. Um, But first, before I forget, they found more documents. I don't know how many. This is just the latest batch. It could be, like, they said they found them in, in... uh, locations or something. They found like a sixth thing, a sixth uh, location or something. And now it's it's like we don't even know how many documents they actually found because the way they wrote it, uh, the DOJ wrote it, it or the lawyer for uh, Biden, the way they wrote it, it leaves it open to interpretation as to whether or not a bunch of documents may have been cited as like one source or is it just the sources are individual documents? I don't know. I don't know. But this is now, or sorry, the fifth trove. The fifth tranche. Miranda Devine at the New York Post says that Joe Biden is panicking. I don't really know about that. She believes he is. And if he isn't, maybe he should start. Um, 
They found this latest uh, batch in the president's Delaware mansion on Friday, not by his own lawyers this time, but during a more thorough 13-hour search by the Department of Justice while he was holed up in his uh, beach house in Rehoboth, which probably should be next on the DOJ search list. I am also wondering why you're even allowing him to continue to go to the houses, right? Shouldn't you guys have been, I don't know, checking him out before the weekends? Because you know he every weekend he spends like 40, 45% of his time in Delaware now. Did you know that? Somebody actually crunched all the numbers. It's like f- between 40 and 45% of every day that he's been in office, he has been on vacation in Delaware. And I say that as someone, I don't ever bash presidents for, you know, playing golf, for, you know, doing the you know downtime, taking vacations, because they're never really not working, right? But he's really not not working at a level we haven't seen. So um, he's always at one of these two houses. And now I got to wonder, like, is he, is he doing record searches? Is that what's, is that what's going on? So he was asked um, last week while he was out in California with Gavin Newsom and uh, some reporter threw a question out about the documents. And he said a handful of documents were filed in the wrong place. That was his initial, his initial response. And then he said, I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. So then do you find nothing? How does one find nothing? Really deep questions here. So he says you're not going to find uh, there's nothing. You're going to find there's nothing there or there or there or there or there or there. And by nothing, I mean classified documents. No, he didn't say that. He said he has no regrets, though. And then he said there's no there there. Which is not sure. Like, dude, you realize they keep finding more and more of this stuff. 